about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right. Hallelujah. Are you ready this morning? Good. I am too. Go to Isaiah chapter 10 this morning. Last week we talked about the Spirit of God who's in your life, sort of shotgunned it out there last week, and sometimes the Lord will shotgun things to open up your thinking for the Word to get in later on, or it's like a shotgun type of thing, so we shotgunned you last week. Glory to God. It's a great time to be alive right now. Didn't want to be in Moses' day. I didn't even want to be in Jesus' day. I want to be in today. Praise God right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah chapter 10. Look at verse 27. This is Isaiah prophesying. He says, And it shall come to pass in that day, what day? That That his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? Now notice, he's prophesying about a day coming because he was dealing with Old Testament people who were basically at that time in the kingdom of darkness. They were under the curse, and basically in their lives, anything could come upon their lives at any time, especially if they stepped out of obedience. So he's giving them some hope. He's saying, in the future, there's going to come a day when something called the anointing, how many know the Holy Ghost and the anointing are basically the same? When the anointing or the Spirit of God is going to come or the kingdom of God is going to come. And in that day, the yokes and burdens that you've been experiencing now will no longer exist because the anointing will break them off of your lives and you will be able to live free in that day, praise God. How many know this was good news to them? Now, even though it was good news to them back then, how how many of you know it should be better news to the people who are living in that day? They'd be looking at the Old Testament and say, wow, that's really something. But you read in Hebrews, these people prophesied of this stuff. They saw this stuff coming, but many of them never even got to partake of what they were all excited about. But we are born into that day when that day the anointing is now here. The Spirit of God is now here. The kingdom of God is now here. You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his own dear son of his love in whom you have redemption this very day. Not 10 years from now, not after going through another class, but right now you have been redeemed, praise God. And you've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The church for the last 2,000 years has basically been spent all their time trying to get the anointing. Some don't even know they have it. Some have it and deny they even got it. Some have it and don't know what to do with it. The anointing is something you need to learn about and need to study about because it's a thing that will work in every single area of your life. It's the anointing that will work in your finances to allow you to prosper. It's the anointing that will work in your body to keep you in divine health. It's the anointing that will work in your marriage and relationships that keeps things going. Without the anointing, you've got just you. Now, how many know that's scary? (laughs) See, you're just left with you if you're not operating in the Holy Ghost or in the anointing of God. So basically here he says there's coming a time, and in that day, say that day, say that day is today. Okay, go to 1 John chapter 2. There's a good feeling in here this morning. Yeah. 
All right, 1 John chapter 2, look at first of all at verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That word unction is basically anointing. It says that you will not get in the future, but you have an unction. Say, I have. I have an unction. All right, look at verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides where? In you. Now notice, here's two scriptures back to back. I think he was trying to get the point across here. Basically that Christians have the unction or the Spirit of God or that anointing from Isaiah on the inside of them today. How many of you know where the Spirit of God is living in you today? How many know that he is the power of God? He didn't come into you half-fledged. He didn't come into you as a smaller Holy Ghost. He didn't come into you as someone who doesn't have any power. He came in with the same Holy Ghost, and there is only one on the inside of you, and he lives on the inside of you today. You have. Say, I have. Say, I have the anointing. Say, I have the Holy Ghost. Say, I'm not going to get the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Okay, good. Acts chapter 10. Send him on down. Send him on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. What for? Come on, the church has talked themselves out of the anointing for 2,000 years. We need to talk ourselves into it now. And I'll tell you why, because you're going to need it. If you can't see what's going on in the world and think you're going to get by it with just your normal feelings and emotions and your decisions, you're in trouble. You better hook up to the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God and do things the way God wants to do things. Come on now. If you don't think he can get a million dollars over to you in two days, then, then, you're, then you're crazy. He just got a, a men's bracelet over to him in three days. Come on, are you following me? What's the difference to God? You think God says, oh, my God, a million dollars. That's a lot. He don't care. He got plenty of money to push around. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now. We think, oh, he can't do that, but he can do that. No, he can do both. Praise God. He knows what he's doing. So if somebody comes after church and gives me a million dollars today, you might want to give me a call this week. I want to give me a buzz. Praise God. That's it. I'm turning my ringer off for the rest of the day. Praise God. All right, Acts chapter 10. Acts 10. Is that what I said? What did I say? All right, we're going up to 10. We've graduated. Look at verse 38. Very informative here. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was where? Now here, this tells us that Jesus was a man, only he was different than everybody because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with, uh, you know, power and the Holy Ghost are synonymous, the anointing synonymous. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Now you have the anointing in your life, so your anointing consists of the Holy Ghost and the same anointing that came upon Jesus. So notice what Jesus did not do. He didn't go around praying and asking God to heal the sick. He didn't wait for revival to finally come to his area with a move of God. He didn't intercede for a breakthrough in his ministry. Here it says he went about destroying the works of the devil. Now this tells me what the anointing's for, isn't it? It's to go around destroying the works of the devil. Why? Because you've been delivered from the power of darkness and you're now living in a kingdom that's above the power of darkness, basically. So the anointing of God is on the inside of you. And you're going to have to separate God things from devil things. Half the church don't know if sickness is from God or the devil. They don't know if accidents are from God or the devil. They can't make up their mind. They're so much in the middle. God is a good God, and everything he does is good. Are you following me? The devil tries to steal, kill, and that's the devil. So you've got to know who is who before you start cooperating with God. You've got to know who he is and what he does and how he does it. God was never in the burden business, never in the yoke business. He was in the putting out of business, the yoke and burden business, praise God. That's what he does by the anointing of God and by the power of God. So to operate, you have to know the difference 
basically between the two. Here's one thing that Jesus had that we've got to come to. He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. That means he loved rightness, he loved the things of God, but he hated iniquity. In other words, he hated anything that came from the kingdom of darkness. That means he hated worry. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He hated fear. Come on, he hated strife. He hated division. Why, these are things of iniquity, and he knows what effect that has on a human being when they participate in those things. It's hard for them to cooperate with the Spirit of God who's on the inside of them. So Jesus was anointed. Here it says he went about. said went about. So he went about healing all those who were what? Now notice, he saw everybody that was sick under demonic oppression. They certainly weren't under God possession, were they? So what was he doing? He was finding people who were under a demonic thing. He was using the anointing that was upon him. What was he using the Holy Ghost and power for? To set people free by the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of him. Hallelujah. Now, one thing worse than not knowing you have the anointing is knowing that you have it and not use it. See, at least you can plead ignorance when you go to heaven. Why didn't you use the anointing? I didn't know I had it. Well, that's the best we can do there. But if you get up there and say, why didn't you use the anointing? You know you had it. I know I had it, but I just didn't know what it was for. I didn't know anything. I read the Bible and pastor said I got it, but I don't really know what to do. I mean, it's all over the Bible that explains to you to do. I mean, the anointing is a spiritual tool for you to use. I'll be honest with you. When something breaks in my house, I can get the hammer out and the hammer's a good tool, but it doesn't work for me. Come on now. So what am I going to do? I'm going to call a carpenter who's anointed in that area, who knows how that hammer works. He's going to come in and do in 10 minutes what I would have destroyed in the last three hours. See? How many know the hammer's a tool, though? Well, the anointing is a tool, and you grow into the anointing by practicing and using the anointing and understanding the anointing. And the more you use it, the more you understand it, and the more you get proficient with it. See, it's not that I couldn't become a carpenter. I just have no desire, and I just don't want to do it anymore. So it's a lot better just to hire somebody. Well, you don't have to hire a pastor you don't have to hire an evangelist. You don't have to hire a TV man of God because you have the anointing on the inside of you and you can work in that anointing and the anointing will work in your life. Praise God. All right, go to 2 Kings chapter 2. See, I have an anointing. Okay, here's the story about Elijah and Elijah. Second Kings chapter six or chapter two, let's just start in verse six. It says, And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee, and they went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, say his anointing. Notice he wrapped it together and he smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that the two went over on dry ground. How many know that had to be a sight? I remember one time I was preaching about uh, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and Moses parting the Red Sea and somebody was out there who I'd never seen before and he came up afterwards and he says, uh, Brother, whenever they're going to do something bad, they always call you brother. Brother, I did a scientific review of the whole thing and I found out that in the Red Sea there are spots where there's only six inches of water in there. So that's how they got across the Red Sea. And I said, my God, that is some miracle. He said, what do you mean? I said, he drowned all Pharaoh's horses and men in six inches of water. What a mighty God we serve. I mean, oh, that shut him up. All right, back to verse 8. 
And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, and the two went through on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, and he rent them in two pieces, and he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and says, where is the God of Elijah? Praise God. That's pretty neat, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have been there for that one too. Praise God. So what happened here? He took the mantle. He had the anointing on him. Whenever you see the power of God in operation, it gives you a great desire to operate in the power of God when you see the power of God operate. So here he is, he's following Elijah all over the place, he sees the power of God, they get to a place, he spots the water, the water parts, they go through on the water, and he says, man, I want a double portion of that. How many of you know you'd like a double portion of the anointing? Let's face it, active in your life, everybody would want that. But you don't really get a double portion by asking for it, you get a double portion basically by using the anointing that you already have, so that it grows into a double portion. And notice what he said here, he didn't say that it was an impossible thing, he said it was a hard thing. Why is that? Because the anointing deals with God, and how many know there's not too many hard things? Come on, with God. There's anointing here. What happens? He breaks it down. Now, notice the first thing he did. He rent off his own clothes. Say, rent off his own clothes. You're going to have to stop depending on you if you're going to operate in the power of God. You're going to have to quit making decisions and hope the anointing will help you with them. You're going to have to rely on the anointing in every single area of your life, from your financial realm to your physical realm to your relationships. So in order to do that, you've got to put aside some old things that you were doing before that. Are you following me? In the natural realm, and you need to hook up with the Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost in order for Him to direct you, to lead you, and to guide you. Now, this whole thing is a type and shadow of Jesus and the church. In other words, the church sees Jesus in the Bible, sees what he does, how he does it, why he had an anointing. We want to be anointed after we got born again. We're spiritual beings, praise God. We want to have that same power. And when you got born again and the Spirit of the Lord came upon you, you got the same anointing as Jesus has. Now watch what happened. What did Elijah do, Elijah do after he got the anointing? He did the same thing that he saw his predecessor do. Not part of it, not some of it, the same thing because he knew the anointing would work to do that. All right, now here's Jesus. Jesus has the anointing. He goes up. Holy Ghost comes down. It's on mankind for the church. What is the church supposed to be doing? The same things that Jesus did because it's the same anointing that does the things. It's not you. It's not a human being. It's the anointing of God on a human being. You have been rubbed and smeared with the power of God. So you have right now today... On the inside of you, the ability to heal the sick, to cast out the devil, to go around and operate in the things of God. Not tomorrow, not the next day, today. You could have started that day one, the day that you got born again. If somebody would have told you, you've got that, and you could do that, you probably would have went out and did it, but you've had too many years now where people talk you out of it. Have you ever tried, tried to tell somebody, well, I'm going to go pray for the sick. Uh, who do you think you are, Jesus? <laughs> Only Jesus can do that stuff. Only, well, then why anoint me? 
Why give me the anointing if you don't want me to do anything with it? Just so I can walk around saying, I got the anointing. I've got the anointing. You got it? I got it. Praise God. No, no, no. He's showing you here that the same thing will happen if you'll let your old ways go, if you'll hook into the anointing of God, if you'll start to do it, praise God. We can do the same things, should be doing the same things, ought to be doing the same things that Jesus did simply because you have an anointing. Now, there's a big difference between Jesus and us. He believed he had the anointing. See, we don't. We don't. We're afraid of the anointing. We're afraid of what happens. We're afraid when the anointing even moves, when the power of God moves and starts touching people. Everybody freaks out about it, praise God. But it's supernatural stuff, praise God, it's going on. I'm telling you what, if it's powerful enough for Jesus to say, I am, and knock down an entire army, I want to operate in it. There may be coming a day when they're coming for me after my house, praise God, and they got the place surrounded and they're wearing masks and everything else, and I'll be open the door and say, I am. Close the door and everybody fall down. Come on now. Sounds ridiculous. Why? The anointing is the anointing. You've been rubbed and smeared with the power of God, the same power of God, the same Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. But we put ourselves down, praise God. Let me just show it to you. John 14. Most of you know this, but... All right, John chapter 14, look at verse 12. Is that in red in your Bible? That would be Jesus. And he says, Fairly, verily, surely, surely, listen up. I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask or demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now notice, I'm not telling you something that Jesus hadn't already told you. He's told you that everything that I can do, you can do, praise God, because you're going to have the same Spirit of God. When I go up into heaven, I'm going to release the anointing of God. The anointing of God is going to come upon you. Now, how did Jesus heal the sick? He did it how? With the anointing. How did he preach? He did it with the? So if I'm going to heal the sick, I'm going to do it with the? If I'm going to be a good preacher, I'm going to do it with the? It's funny because a couple weeks ago or... I can't remember how many weeks ago, but we got up here and I just, it was one of those sermons when you read a couple of scriptures and you take off, you know, and you go and you go. And I got done and somebody asked me afterwards, they said, how many times did you rehearse and how long did you practice that, that sermon? I said, well, I got it this morning about 8.35 and I just started and it just went. You mean you didn't practice that and don't have it wrote down? I said, no, it just, that day, sometimes I got things that just came out. You know, they couldn't understand that the Spirit of God, there's anointing to this preaching business. It isn't just, you know, you preach the same sermon every year on Valentine's Day and every year on Father's Day, and, and you got it in your little book, and you say, Father's Day here, so this is what I preached last year, and I'm going to preach. No, it's more than that. The Spirit of God knows what people need. He knows what each one of you need right now. Each and every one of you knows all your hearts and exactly what you need to be told this morning. So what does he do? He relays it to me on the inside, and I speak it, and I'm hitting this and, and hitting that one and hitting this, and, and you're pretty happy. And the other one's, oh, my God, he's talking to me now. And then, the, <laughs> see? Oh, he's talking to my husband now. Get him. Get him, Jesus. Oh, oh, no. Honey, he's talking about me now. Praise God now. Go back over here. Go back. Back over there. He needs more of it than I do. Get over there. No, that's the Spirit of God revealing things to you, changing you, getting you into a place where you can operate more and more proficiently. So here Jesus says the same works. Say the same works. Okay, go to John chapter 2. Uh, John chapter 2, look at verse, let's start in verse 23. 
Now, when, he was in, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here's Jesus he's doing miracles. And of course, everybody loved him because he was doing miracles. But the reason they loved him was because he was doing miracles. Do you get it? And man at this time was not born again. They still had the, the, basically the nature of the devil on the inside of them. So he wasn't going to trust them with any major secrets or anything like that, basically. He was not going to commit himself to them, basically, because he knew what was in man. But notice here, what needs to be in man more than anything with the anointing of God is basically love. Love is the motive for the anointing to move. Not so you can have a big church. Not so everybody knows who you are and how many people you healed and how many people you delivered and, and you're on TV now and everybody's after you. That's not the point, praise God. The point is because you love people and God has compassion through you on other people because you love people. Are you following me? So that's the whole motive for it here, basically. All right, chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi... We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Hallelujah. Now, once again, here's Jesus healing, delivering, setting people free. And basically, it was the number one advertisement for his ministry. I mean, his preaching was good. It changed people to help people. But notice the signs, wonders, and miracles were the things that drew people to him. You know, not, a, not bake sales, not bozo the clown, not gimmicks, not goldfish, not large buildings, not being on TV, but the anointings would drew people to him because they knew that they could get results. So here's Nicodemus. He's one of the highest religious people that there are. And he'd been in religion all his life, and he says something different about you than me. And Jesus said, all you got to do is get born again, get in the kingdom of God, you get the anointing, and you can do the same things that I do here. But he wasn't born again. He was religious. Say religious. religious. Religion will always fight the kingdom of God. Fight it tooth and nail, argue, fuss, freak out, do whatever. If you're around religious people, you're better off not to argue with them. You're better off just to give me the old sign of the cross and move on. I'm telling you right now, it won't work till that religion's broke off of their life, praise God. Because I think everything that they get is because of what they do, not understanding in the kingdom everything you get is because of what he did. So, that, so if you take away all their works... Come on, for 20 years, they've been fasting and praying and going to church and doing everything. they got this great big thing built up, all they did for Jesus in all these years. And then you come along and say, all that don't matter. It's what he did for you. You just tore a page right out of there playing man. And I mean, that'd be depressing. You look back and say, for 20 years, I've been doing this. And you didn't have to do this. You could have walked in this rather than trying to do this to get to this. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what does it do? It messes them up, don't it? Praise God. So religion's tough. It's what he did. Say what he did. Glory to God. So Nicodemus says there's something different. He basically says, basically, you've got no power. You've got no authority. The reason why you don't is because you do not have the anointing yet, which is the power of God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 4. Remember, Benny Hinn prophesied it must have been years and years and years ago. And I mean, it's amazing when the Holy Ghost brings things back to you that you've totally forgot. And one time Benny Hinn prophesied, and he just said that there's basically a time coming in the future where 
people are finally going to stand up, know who they are. They're going to stop the devil and bring the glory of God down into the earth. He said they are going to bring, they are going to be Catholics. They are going to be Lutherans. They are going to be people in denominational churches who's been in that dry desert for so long that when they just get the first little drip of the Spirit of God in their life and just get a taste on their tongue of what he can do, praise God. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, praise God. That they're going to come out on fire in the things of God and they're going to run past people who've been in a full gospel church for years and years because they've sat there and did absolutely nothing. These people are going to be on fire. And he said, that's when you start to see the turn, when you start to see them come out of denominations, come out of those places and start to understand that they are something, praise God. Even like Ted prophesied this morning, each and every one of you could took that prophecy this morning. You're not a low life. You're not just one of God's reindeers or whatever you want to call yourself. Praise God. You are more than a conqueror. When he said that, that's written to everybody in here. When it says greater work shall you do, it's in here for everybody. It's not just in here for Benny Hinn or Rodney Howard Brown or any of those guys. Praise God. It's for every single person who's been born into the kingdom of God. And if we're going to start acting like kingdom people, then we're going to have to start acting like Jesus acted like because Jesus showed us how to act like when we act like he acts like. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse 23. And Jesus went about. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He didn't grumble about. He didn't complain about. He didn't talk about. He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those that were lunatics, and those that had the palsy. And he did what? Healed them. Now, how did he heal them? By the anointing of God. How did he preach? By the anointing of God. How did he teach? By the anointing of God. Notice, great multitudes came to him. Why? Because they knew that he had something that they needed. But not only did they know he had something, he knew he had something. Come on. Do you know what you got? Do you know what's on the inside of you today? Or can you just say, greater see this in me than he that's in the world? That's a great scripture, but is he? See, we're going to start believing this thing and acting on this thing and, and pretending like it's true. Yes. Amen. Yes. Just pretend, yeah. you know. God's not a liar. Everything he said in here is truth. And we take it and we look off into the future for it and we check it out. But it doesn't work that way, praise God, already on the inside of us. So everything you see here that he did, we can do. Yes. He taught by the anointing. He, di- he did things by the anointing. He did it in power, praise God. He did all these things. And notice that drew the multitudes. Yes. They didn't use tracks to bring them in, which are all right. They didn't even use books to bring them in, praise God. Books help people, but the signs, wonders, and power is what attracts people because everybody is a spiritual being and they desire power. Why else would somebody go to some other person who thinks they can read their future by demonic power and and pay them to do it and then get led in the wrong direction anyway unless they're looking for power? Come on, why is there so much Satanism in the world? Because people are looking for power. They will take the counterfeit if they can't get the real. And if the church ain't posing the real, then they're not going to come after it. So it's time to get real. Say, I need to. to. Get real. real. All right, go to Matthew chapter 11. My God, I'm having fun this morning. All right, Matthew chapter 11. Let's start right there in verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of the commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. 
And when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, notice it was spreading, wasn't it? He sent his two disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended of me. Hallelujah. So this tells you here, John the Baptist basically got in prison. How many know that's enough to depress anybody probably? And he's in there. He knew who Jesus was, but he started wondering. You know, have you ever wondered, I don't know, I'm going through a mess right now, and I just know if God's even aware of what's going on in my life. I mean, I don't know if he can hear me. I don't know if he's on vacation. I don't know what's the matter with him. But, well, how many know when John got in prison, that's what he started going to. He started, I don't even know if he's Jesus anymore, praise God. So Jesus says, watch. He said, go back and check out the diploma I've put on my wall. I want you to know now, I'm way up there in the master's degree at this point. I go to church every Sunday. No, none of those were proofs, were they? None of those things were proofs at all. What were the proofs? The proofs basically were the blind see. Come on, the deaf hear. Come on, the dead are raised, praise God. And the poor got the good news preached to them. Why should they come out of their stupid thinking of poverty and get up where their mind belongs so they can come into prosperity? What's, what's the evidence of the anointing? Supernatural signs and wonders that take place in somebody's life and in somebody's ministry. And you're one of those people this morning, praise God. You have been rubbed and smeared with the Holy Ghost and with power on the inside of you. Now you must put confidence and believe in that power that's on the inside of you. Preach this one other time. People always come up afterwards and give me advice. I really appreciate it. But, Well, Pastor, we don't have to have signs, wonders, and miracles because they know we are Christians by our love. And I said, is that true? I said, well, if you really love someone who was sick and you had the power to set them free, you would probably set them free. Amen. Why would you walk by somebody if you got the power? That ain't love. Stay there and rot, praise God. I got the love of Jesus on the inside of me. Come on now. Everybody's got an excuse for not doing. Everybody's got an excuse for not doing. Not looking at anybody now. We've all got excuses why it won't work. Why do we need excuses why it won't work when Jesus already said it was going to work? Praise God. And we claim to be his followers and claim to believe everything that he says. Praise God. Every word of the Bible, I believe. No, you don't. You don't hardly believe any of it, praise God. Most people don't even believe they're a new creation in Christ Jesus, for God's sake. They think you're the rotten old you trying to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles, and no wonder why it don't work. Because it won't work, praise God. You're a brand new species of being that never existed before. You're a spirit being on the inside of you, praise God. And on the inside of you, there is more power than you'll ever need before in your entire life, praise God. Smith Wigglesworth said, all I remember is greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I woke up to a leper, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I woke up with somebody with a missing leg, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And if you follow him, he had a fairly good track record. Talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. You know what he was doing? The same thing that Jesus... But he knew who he was. He knew how to do it. He was operating in it. He was doing it all the time. And fame went out all over the place, praise God, for him. And he wouldn't even take any money. Praise God. To give him money, he'd give it away all the time. So, you know, he wasn't interested in the financial end of it, praise God. What did he do? He loved people. And he had a power of God on the inside, praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9.
All right, Jesus once again, Matthew chapter 9, let's start in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then said he unto him, the disciples, Thou harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers they are Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth into his harvest. Now, this is a very interesting prayer here. Why didn't he pray, heal everybody, Lord? Father, heal everybody and deliver everybody. Because God basically, the way he delivers and sets people free is through the body of Christ who are here on the earth. We sung that one song this morning, basically, and it said, we are the hope on earth. You are the hope on earth. You've got to understand that. You are God's hope on earth of carrying out what God wants to do on the earth because he sent you here with the authority. He sent you here with the power to do those things that need to be done. So here he says, pray therefore for laborers in the harvest. Say laborers. laborers. Now notice, he was asking them at that time to pray for you. You were being prayed for a long time ago, praise God. All these people didn't even know what they're doing. Disciples saying, send laborers into the harvest. I wasn't even here yet, but they're already praying for me. What for? So I'd not only get here, get born again, get filled with the Spirit, get anointed, but be a laborer into the harvest, praise God. That I would go out and bring the Lord Jesus Christ to other people. And the word here basically is these people were harassed and helpless. How many know there's some harassed and helpless people out there? How many know there's some harassed and helpless people in your family out there? How many know there's some harassed people out there in your job, praise God? So don't get mad at them. Just whittle away at them, praise God. Just chip away at their stupid thinking. Just get the Holy Ghost in there. All he needs is a little crack. And he comes flooding in there, praise God, and will change their lives. So notice there is a harvest to do. And I know there's going to be a big end day harvest, but let's get a lot of it done before the end day comes to get the harvest. Everybody waiting on the last day to get a harvest. The harvest, he says, what's he say here? Someday the harvest will be plenteous. No, he says the harvest truly is what? And when was this written? Yesterday? Come on, over 2,000 years ago, already he said, it's ready. The harvest is ready. Well, when they get ready, we'll do it. <laughs> well, you're not going to do it, do you see? What, what are we waiting on? What are we doing? Why are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? It's because we don't believe what he's empowered us with on the inside, praise God, that belongs to us. All right, go to Matthew chapter 8. All right, here's a very important thing you need to understand. Matthew 8, verse 16. And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits, who were apparently devils, with his word, and healed all that were sick. Now, I thought he delivered everybody by the anointing of God and the power of God. Here it says he cast out the spirits with his word. Now, notice, the key to the anointing, one of the major keys, is the anointing works with the word. Yeah. So if you're not a word person, if you're not excited about the word, if you're not spending time in the word, you've got an anointing, but that anointing is released by the word that you understand on the inside of you. Are you following me? When you speak a word that you know with boldness, it releases the Spirit of God to do what God's got to do in that situation. But both of them work together. The Word of God is alive. It is powerful. The Bible says He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from it says the gospel is the power of God to them that believe. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the spirit and the word. That's why your diet has to be spirit and has to be word. If it's all word, you'll dry up. If it's all spirit, you'll blow up. Are you following me? 
One or the other. So we keep them up. We spend time in the Word. The Spirit of God ministers. So when we minister, we're ministering by the Word and also by the Spirit of God. Remember when in Genesis chapter 1, God comes out and comes out. I mean, he's already there, but everything, everything's there and there's no form and there's no void and everything. And he simply says, let there be light. You know what happened? Boom. The Holy Ghost was hovering, just waiting. Speak. He's saying, speak, speak. I'm ready to go. Speak. And he spoke. And when he did everything, started lining up. Well, some of your finances are void and out of shape right now. See, some of your relationships are really out of shape right now. Uh, maybe some of your health might be out of shape right now. So what am I going to do? I am going to speak the word, praise God, that's in my heart, that's boldness, and a spirit of God's going to be allowed to go to work in my body and in my relationships and in my finances and in my job and in everything in my life because I'm speaking the word with boldness, praise God. All right, go to Mark 16. Mark chapter 16, look at verse 15. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be what? But he that believes not shall be. Notice, not your responsibility. And these signs shall follow them that have a TV ministry. And these signs shall follow them that have a big name. And these signs shall follow them that wear a suit and tie to church every Sunday morning. No, no and these signs shall follow them that in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall. Hallelujah. So notice the qualifier here. The qualifier is he that believes. Believes what? Well, they got to at least believe they have the anointing. To begin with, they got to believe that anointing will work. They got to believe in the power of that anointing on them. Remember the early church in Acts chapter three? They went to the crippled man. They said, "Such as I, I give." Oh, we're just going to pray and see what God does. We don't have any power. We don't want to touch the glory. So heal him, God, heal him. I mean, no, that ain't going to work. No, they knew what they had at that time. Such as I had, they say, "Hey, man, you get up." And what do they do? Boldly, get up and walk. You know what that guy did? He was so shocked he got up and walked. Praise God. <laughs> I don't know if it set him free of the devil or scared the devil out of him when he said that. I don't know what it was, but it worked. Either way, praise God. What happened? The anointing of God went to work in the name of Jesus and operated there. So now let's keep reading. Look at verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, well, we know what he said, don't we? We just read it. He was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached. How many know they were told to? And the Lord worked with them. Now, how did the Lord work with them? By the anointing of God that was on them. And notice, it confirmed what? The Word. Say, confirmed the Word. So if the anointing's going to confirm the Word that they preached, then they must have preached about healing signs and wonders for that to be... They couldn't have preached about uh, some stupid topic out here and the Holy Ghost came in to confirm it. No, they confirmed whatever they preached. They preached healing. They preached power. They preached anointing. They preached you can be set free. They preached and the Spirit of God accompanied them with the anointing of God and set people free. So the Word and the anointing work together. The Lord works with you. What's He going to do? Confirm the Word that you speak with signs and wonders following. All right, go to Acts chapter 4. Is this too much this morning?
All right, Acts chapter 4. This is the early church now. They started experiencing sign wonders and miracles. They're seeing people get up. They're seeing the blind get delivered. They're getting all excited. Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 29. Now notice, when they started this stuff, all at once threatenings came and persecution came. How many know if you're going to operate in this stuff, you are going to get persecuted? Why don't you just settle it and get it over with? So when it comes, you don't have to say, I don't know what's happening. You know exactly what's happening. So you might as well figure on it coming. Are you following me? You're going to get persecuted. Religious folks are going to persecute you. Devils are going to persecute you. Everybody's going to try to persecute you. So you might as well just accept it and go with it, praise God. I remember the day in my ministry where I said, that's it. People don't like me. Guess what? They don't like me. I'm not going to go after them. I'm not going to give them a box of candy. I'm not going to do whatever I need to do. Praise God. It's, it's just the way it is. People are not going to like it when you roll in the power, preach the word the way the word is supposed to be preached. Now, if you don't want to be persecuted, just water it down. Just say, in the near future, God's going to start to heal people and save people and deliver people. So get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready for that day. No. See, that's not going to bring any persecution. When you walk up to somebody and say, everybody should love you, they say, that's right. And then you say, you should love everybody else. They say, eh. I don't like that sermon. I like the first sermon. See, it doesn't work that way. Ruffles people's feathers. All right, so they're having all kinds of problems here. In verse, chapter 4, verse 29, they say, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. How many know they must have been threatened? And grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. In other words, we're not backwards. We're not going to step back. We're not going anywhere by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, how many know that prayer might have got answered? And it didn't go from, you know, verse 29, 30, all the way to verse 58 to get answered. It got answered right away, praise God. Look at verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace, hallelujah, was upon them all. Why is that? Because they understood the system. What was the system? Speaking the word with boldness that God has placed in your heart and become a revelation, and the Spirit of God will back up the word that you then speak. All right, one more. Go to Acts chapter 10. Okay, let's go, let's just start in verse 38, that'll be all right. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good. What did he do? He healed all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him by that anointing. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hanged him on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believes in him shall receive the remission of sins. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that did what? 
Now, this is pretty interesting here, man. I'm telling you what, this is the greatest thing. This is going to start happening more and more and more when we get out of religious thinking and out of this stuff. That while you're preaching with the power of God, while you're preaching with the anointing of God, while you're preaching what I'm preaching today, it's not going to take laying hands afterwards to do that. It's not going to take four sessions to do that because it's going to operate with the Word. The Word of God's going to go into people's heart and wake them up and stir it. And as it's stirred up on the inside, while you're preaching, the Spirit of God is going to start ministering to people out there already while they're sitting there. Well, I wish you'd get done preaching so we could do something. My God, 45 minutes, you got to be kidding me. Well, I'll just show up at the end. I know he's going to lay hands on everybody about noon. Come on. How about this? I'll just show up at the end of worship because I really ain't got time to worship today. See, all this is a part of opening your heart and getting you ready for God wants to deliver you to that day. And we don't give you a bunch of garbage here. And we're not here basically to let you sit in your seat and just enjoy yourself and do whatever. I want to pressure you. I want to push you. I want to shove you. I want to kick you if I have to. I want to stick this up there and that up here and wherever I got to stick things, praise God. Come on now to get things going because I know your potential. You understand? You may not know it, but I know your potential that's on the inside of you that God has placed on the inside of you. And I don't care how old you are, that has nothing to do with it. The Holy Spirit doesn't get old and wretched when he's inside somebody as they get old. It's the same spirit of God. A young person can take this stuff, praise God, and they can go crazy with this stuff, praise God. Are they going to be persecuted? Dang right they're going to be persecuted. Everybody out there don't even know what you're doing, but praise God, I'll tell you what, you start healing the sick. Remember the blind man at the time that kept coming to him and saying, what do you think? Do you think Jesus is of God or the devil? He says, I don't care where he's from. I was blind and I can see. Could care less. Could care less what he's wearing, what he's got, dirty sandals. I don't care what color robe he wears. I was blind and now I could see. That's all I care about. And now you know that's with everybody. Well, I was deathly sick and now I'm healed. Do you think he's of the devil? I don't care where he came from, praise God. Don't make any difference to me. Why? Because it's the anointing and the power of God that's going to start manifesting in this earth realm. Is it getting darker? Yes. But as it gets darker, the light gets brighter. Come on now. It gets brighter. Some people need to get squashed right now. You know, you got grapes. They don't do no good to make wine unless you squeeze them a little bit and squash them and get all that stuff out of them, praise God. And right now, demonic entities are trying to squash people out there. But we're not going to be squashed. We're just going to go higher. The Bible tells me that I'm going to rise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is going to rise upon me, praise God. Gross darkness will cover this earth, but the glory of the Lord is going to rise up upon me, praise God. You deal with all your grossness you want, praise God. The glory is all over me, praise God. Hallelujah. Don't manage What do you see? Glory. But I see a big devil all over the United States above, floating around up there. Yeah, well, that's because he can't get in because there's too many Holy Ghost people down here, so we've got to fall. Come on, we've got to change the way we're thinking. We've got to change the things we're doing, praise God. You're not who you think you are this morning. There's a lot more going to grow in your mindset. I'm growing every single day to find out who I am, praise God. I've been doing this for 30 years, and it's getting even better, praise God. Some people said, I'm getting wore out bull. I'm getting on fire, praise God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ain't burning out. And I am not this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. Comes around me, he's going to get burned out. Come on. That's the attitude we got when we taught this into our kids. We taught it in everything. Now we're a little bit. Of, no, you're not a little light, praise God. you got the light of the world and the light of God himself on the inside of you, praise God. Hallelujah. Say, I have an anointing on the inside. All right, if you want prayer this morning, come up. I'm just going to pray that you be filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. 
Just nothing simple, just nothing hard, filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled, 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 filled. I feel like some people need a charge. Some people need a kick.